I wasn't sure how many you were going to do. <laughs> I was like, uh, I feel like he's not going to do them all, but I, I was like in my head. I like, should have. I should have kept going and just watched you guys. <laughs> Welcome to Our Film Fathers Podcast, the definitive podcast about fatherhood, film, and fatherhood and film. This is Jelani. And with me, as always, are two guys whose professional opinion is, this is bullshit. Martin and Brady. What's he doing? Go back there, man. He wants to kill me so bad he can taste it, huh? Attica! 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 Just contact the news networks and tell them what's going on and have them all come down here. I want to see CNN, NBC, I want to see Don Lemon, I want to see Daytime, everything. Tell them about what's happening. Just tell them! This week, we were motivated to watch two bank robbery movies that were based on true stories. We started off by going way back to the critically acclaimed 1975 classic, Dog Day Afternoon, based on the 1972 robbery that captured the nation. We followed that up with the recently released Breaking, based on a short story about a 2017 robbery involving a military veteran's plea to be heard. This was a good pairing, Brady. Yeah, so this was a big push for me. I will readily admit, and I these guys both know it, this trailer got me. The trailer for Breaking got me. I saw a trailer. Got you interested right away. It it got me interested. It was like I it got it tugged on emotion. It felt like there were a lot of levels and layers of themes that were going on that seemed relevant. I didn't, didn't even know if I knew it was based on a true story at that time and I was like I was pushing I you guys. Not. I'm like yeah. I want to I want to do this movie. I don't necessarily want to go to the theater, but I do want to do it and so we waited until we could uh finally get access to it and uh and we did and in that trailer it was like a modern day telling of dog day afternoon so i don't one of you guys recommended we should do dog day yeah I, i've never seen dog day i've been wanting to rewatch it um i saw it back back in high school and it's uh yeah pacino yeah a classic uh classic uh that that yeah i remember loving in high school uh so yeah we wanted i wanted to watch again it was and it, that's what i'm saying it's a good pairing like putting these two together is it was a good idea i think i had a, a cue on uh maybe Netflix, Redbox, something, and Dog Day was always there, but I just never quite got to watching it. And uh, so, so yeah, I was happy to get a chance to actually finally dive in. Johnny, what'd you, uh, what'd you think? So, to add on to your Dog Day afternoon, I remember hearing about Dog Day, and honestly, the probably my first introduction to it was in 2001 with Swordfish, where John Travolta talks about it in the like opening scene. And so I think probably, I only remember one. I don't remember. I, I only yeah. remember one thing about one thing fish. about swordfish. It's yep. not that. <laughs> so to, to that point, I watched swordfish two this week just because of that. You wanted to remind yourself what it was that he said. Yeah. So well, it's, I saw that. Remember that part, and then the other part from swordfish. Did you make it past twenty minutes into the movie, or <laughs> I did. I watched the whole thing. So what? What is it? What is it? What's the scene? What is he? Talking so about? he talks about how how different it would be if. Sonny was willing to just kill everybody. He's okay. like, what if he killed the first hostage if his demands weren't met? What if he killed another hostage if his demands weren't met? You know, if he just kept escalating and escalating, like, would they have responded quicker? Would things have happened faster? Would they not have tried to mess with him? And yeah. So just, you know, again, watching both of these paired up with each other, you can see the style and the the way that the story is told. Jen and I watched them both like in back-to-back nights and mm-hmm. Dog Day almost seemed like a parody in comparison to Breaking. Like 
breaking is so much more gripping and serious and like it just felt like the stakes were higher even though they weren't right like yeah, less we'll people. In, there's less people like when you so we when i looked up dog day um i think on chromecast it came up and it said comedy no it didn't i swear to god <laughs> and i legitimately i was like do i not did I not know what this? I don't know what this movie is. If this is a comedy, I guess that's not what I thought. Is it? A, it it's not. It wasn't anything that was supposed to be a parody. I, I what my explanation for that Mary as I was at watching, it, but I don't yeah, think I, in a good way. I, <laughs> <laughs> I I agree. Like watching it this time, I I felt that it it definitely wasn't didn't live up to as much as what I had in my head of it being right. good. And I think it's just because it's a very early hostage movie, and they didn't really know like the tropes weren't there yet. Maybe is what I'm thinking. Like some of the Possibly. things that. That they you know that become kind of cliche. They didn't know how to do them yet. So, yeah, the way that the way that they're, the the hostage negotiator was talking with uh, with Sonny with uh, with Al Pacino's character, just like it, it seemed all yeah, bumbling, right, and silly, and just you, not the way it would go down. And the well, dialogue seemed unrealistic. Well, to here's me. the thing, and I did, obviously don't know much about this. Do you know why that probably is the case? Because most of the film's dialogue is improvised. Well, that that might be it. <laughs> it's almost better. all improvised. So they just kind of kept riffing and, yes. and tried to piece it together. Yeah, that's so probably that's not the quite best way possibly to do it. why. And and Lumet never did it again. But okay. uh, but yeah, it, that's what I read. They're like much of it's improvised um, while honoring the structure of the original screenplay. And okay. So after rehearsing for three weeks with the cast, Lumet took the improvs from those rehearsals and made that the official screenplay. Ah. Uh, so not like the best work. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> it works for Judd Apatow, <laughs> not so much for Sidney Lumet. Maybe again, maybe somewhat ahead of ahead of its time in that regard. They just didn't know. I don't know. Maybe I mean, he just had too much say. And yeah, I think that might lend to some of the the amateurism or not not amateurism, but like you could see that Sonny wasn't really. He didn't really have a plan, right? right? He uh, had yeah. an idea, but it wasn't like a huge plan. And Even from the car, it felt like it was like, "Are we going to do this?" Yeah, and then it was just annoying when he was just like, "Oh yeah, no, this uh, this looks good. This is going to be good." Yeah, <laughs> like like he tried to take control, but as it was not, he he never had it, you know. Even though like he was act, acting like he was, um, I didn't. There's still lots to like in this movie. I think I didn't hate it. Uh, I don't know. I feel like you guys. Maybe... I didn't hate it, but I definitely was questioning. Unsurprisingly to everyone yeah. that listens, I was questioning why this is considered so great. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was too. Yeah, I agree. So, I, I like I'm saying, there's there's still a lot to like for me. I still do like to some degree the perform the performances. I think uh, we got to talk about John. I don't know. I, I should know John Kazali. Yeah. Do you guys know? Yeah. His deal. Do you think he? I didn't has, know that until like this year. Do you think he has the greatest top four known for of all time? <laughs> Well, there's only he's only been in five movies, so yeah, we could do it. I have not <laughs> might, seen it, so it's unbelievable. Well, that's 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 the what what I'm saying, but yeah, yeah. I mean, he's only been in five movies, and then he died. Okay, so he, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just gonna throw it out here. It's it the three Godfathers and this, not the three, the he, first two. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is he Fredo? Yeah, he's Fredo. Ah. He's Fredo. Yeah, he's Fredo. <laughs> that's another he Al Pacino. So, so that's fun fact. Those are two of the four. <laughs> Plus Dog Day. Dog Day is three. And then the the other two were also nominated for best picture. All five of his movies that he was ever been in were nominated for best picture. And two, I, there's the, a two the of other, them. One, the, known, the other known for is the conversation, which yeah. I don't, I'm unfamiliar with. Yeah. And then the last one is the Deer Hunter. And conversations, Francis Ford Coppola, <laughs> yeah, and um, Gene Hackman, and then yeah, Deer Hunter, Deer Hunter. one in, in, in seventy eight. That's his. 
That's his. Hey, so I think three three of the five won Best Picture, and all five were nominated. Pulled a George, leaving isn't on that, a high note. Isn't that wild? <laughs> well, he died of like nobody cancer, else. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, leaving on a high note. Yeah, yeah, and um, very, and, very and by all accounts, like he was uh, he was a, a great guy. The people people loved him. Um, obviously, in great movies, um, he was with Meryl Streep, which I didn't know. I just found that out by by watching this movie and then reading well, up reading up on him. Strikingly good looking man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so performances. I don't know. Um, I I didn't remember that Chris uh, Sarandon was uh, was Leon. I don't. Um, do I? Should I know Chris Sarandon? Um, you've probably seen him in The Princess Bride, and I um, looked him up and I was like, I don't. He doesn't look familiar. Uh, he was in like I think uh, I think Fright Night or something, uh, which is a horror is he movie. The, seen. He's the prince in yeah. In the Princess Bride, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So I feel like you you probably seen him, but anyway, Maybe. he's he's somebody. He's he's been around for a while. Um, I didn't I don't remember him him being in this, but but yeah, the, um, I thought so, Sidney Lumet is considered a, a great director as mm-hmm. well. You know, he's done what has he done on the waterfront? I think. <laughs> And he did um, some stuff. Uh, no, your your favorite movie, <laughs> one of your favorite movies, um, uh, Twelve Angry Men. Oh, nice. That's what he's known fam- for. known for uh, for the most part. But he's done some other ones. His last, yeah, he did uh, Twelve Angry Men. He directed Serpico, Pacino, Serpico, right? Another Pacino. Um, and then the last movie he did was Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, which I believe was Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh yeah, I watched that one too. Am I right? Did he do On the Waterfront, or is that somebody else? I might. Be uh, I feel like that's not him. I don't see it. Okay, I'm wrong. But yeah, it was just so. As far as like Pacino's performance Murder on the Orient Express from '74. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Is that one of the good network? Ones? Network got a, got a lot of love for, I believe. Oh yes, network. Pacino's performance, I felt like, was doing a lot, a lot of the heavy lifting here. Obviously. Oh, um, I mean, yeah, yeah for sure. The, it is the movie. I mean, yeah. really. But uh, but yeah, I mean, they hit on a ton of different topics, right? Like. Him being a former vet, him being in the gay community. For that and that time, I mean, I know it. So, it's it's based on a true story, and this mm-hmm. that is a real person. This mm-hmm. did happen, and but I was very surprised for this at this time frame for this right. to be subject matter in a movie. It was nineteen seventy two. Two, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the story came out in 72. The movie was made in 75. Well, it happened in, it originally happened in 72. Right. But yeah, I was just like, whoa, this is not what I saw um, coming, not knowing about the movie for a movie that old. I'm like, that just didn't seem like subject matter that would have been. But then, yeah, learning more about that, that it was a real person. And that, I also yeah. feel like they didn't quite explain it properly until, like, right? Like he says, it, bring my wife and I have a wife and kids. Yeah. And then you're never, he still has the other wife. But he has Leon as well, and yeah. they were officially married, and he does call him his wife. He probably should have clarified when he was asking for his wife which one. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would have been but I think uh, they, welcome. But it, they did it on purpose, I'm sure. Right, but, right, to keep you guessing yeah. so you don't. Again, misdirection, Yeah, which you would have known about if you watched Swordfish. Uh, <laughs> I've seen Swordfish. In 1975, <laughs> if you could have known what Swordfish was, was going to be about, uh, with ball bearings. Wait, are you telling me it's it's worth a rewatch? No, it's not worth a rewatch. <laughs> I remember liking it, I think. I remember not hating it. But it might have been heavily... <laughs> heavily weighted. Heavily Halle Berry. <laughs> heavily weighted by Halle Berry. It did win Best Original Screenplay, not Swordfish, but... Uh, uh, so the improv works. Well, yeah, I guess. It, it won in the same year that One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest swept all the major awards um, oh. and won Best Adapted. Best Adapted, yeah. I love Cuckoo's Nest. That's really good. Yeah. So it was like the only other film to win a major award that okay. year was this. Yeah. <clears throat> 70s were rough for movies. 
I'm going to say. Yeah, man, it's hard for me. It's um, a hard. It's a tough decade. I just. It just. Life's changed a lot. And if you, you look know? at like outside, <laughs> yeah, outside of like Godfather and Godfather Two. Like I don't really love the Deer Hunter. I remember watching that and being like, "This is not a good movie." No, I think that. Um, and then if you look at some of the other like Best Picture, I know it's not the only thing, but in the seventies it kind of was. Like the Best Picture nominees were the big movies of the year, and none of them are. I haven't seen a lot of them just because I'm like, I don't, I don't think I'm interested. And the ones that I had seen in the seventies are just like, eh. Yeah. Whenever I went back, it was always almost like some some really good ones in the sixties and then eighties and nineties. Yeah, average movies that people were trying to t- they were trying to make great. By telling you that it, they were great, and like, yeah. these aren't great. You know, like when we went back and did Taxi Driver, like you yeah. know, it wasn't right. It's not. It's not that great. Does Jaws know. hold up? Jaws is the only one. Jaws, well, well, that yeah. was eighty, wasn't it? Seventy-five. But that's but that's because it was. I think that was kind of a, a paradigm shift. You know, like yeah, it was. Did some it was a thriller. Yeah, it did some things that hadn't been done before, and then and everyone tried to emulate that, and that's what brought us. You know, Raiders and all the other Steven Spielberg inspired stuff of the eighties that made made film better so I don't yeah know. a real fun fact is the blonde chief bank teller the mouth yeah i know <laughs> I, I know her penelope allen the blonde oh no not that she the one you're talking about the, the curlier hair yeah, one? Yeah, yeah she's been on some stuff that's yeah. what you're talking about right no the one he called mouth the one who wrote the will oh correct yeah oh, he did yeah. call her mouth yeah. so penelope allen is the actress's name and she was a surrogate mother to pacino in real life, he first left home in his teens to pursue acting. He lived with her and her husband for years. <laughs> no way. That's then, wild. Yeah. I was like, what? I, that's insane. I so. did like her character. She was great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought there was going to be some Stockholm Syndrome with that. I didn't remember. Well, there kind of was. I think there yeah. kind of was. Like, she kind of admired both, right? him a little bit. Yeah. Well, I think. Too, and they just they didn't want it. They didn't want to see them get hurt, right? Right. Because you know, well, they hadn't hurt them. They hadn't treated them terribly poorly. The whole. The community rallied around. Yeah, I mean, it was it didn't take much. It was they were received so well and became ultimately like, yeah, there was I think to a degree Stockholm syndrome, and even then the people on the outside were just like enamored with them and were rooting for them. Well, I mean, there was there was a lot of he was throwing uh, money and yelling Attica. Right, that, there was a lot of anti you know police. I mean, the sixty eight Democratic National Convention was just a few years before this, you know. So I don't think. I don't think there was a ton of love for yeah. for for police and stuff, especially in New York. So, yeah, it probably is accurate of the time. That was a huge police presence too. Yeah, it really <laughs> was. That that was filmed pretty well. Like, and they all had their guns drawn. Like you said, it's like put him down. What are you yeah. doing? What's yeah. that guy doing over there? Yeah, guys climbing up the roof. <laughs> snipers on every rooftop. Yeah. We did chuckle though when he was throwing the money like hard. That where is that going? <laughs> he only had like a few dollars, and right. now all of a sudden there's bills everywhere. And then he had a stack, and it was a little continuity error. I want uh, to say, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, okay. a little bit. And he's throwing money to like as far as Brady is yeah. from me, and it's going like it's going, halfway down it's the like block. He's got a money cannon, <laughs> t-shirt cannon of, of was, throwing money. Yeah, <laughs> you want some of this? Yeah, yeah. That was uh, he had no. But chance. like I said, like I don't think that's probably it's probably ever been done before. So like all that stuff. And the and the just the spectacle and the fact that the the bad guy could be the you know it becomes a celebrity, which does happen in network a little bit a little bit later on, um, or like we've seen in uh, Joker, you know that kind of mentality. Like I don't, this is kind of the beginning of some of those things. Yeah, it was. Uh, I just I was very surprised that it wasn't. I was Mary legitimately is like this is it was like laughing and was like kind of like is this. <laughs> Do you like this? Absurd, is this good? Right? And I'm like, it's considered an all-time great. 
Uh, I should be happy that I'm introducing I'm this to you. I'm still working my way through it, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah. So Frank Pearson uh, was unable to pick up his Academy Award for original screenplay because he was directing A Star is Born in 1976 at the time. The one with Christopherson and... Uh, did um, you notice on the very beginning that A Star is Born was on the marquee of the... I did. Yes, I yeah. saw that. Yeah. So there's a That's little... Uh, yeah, kind of a funny... That was the one with, uh, what's her name? Streisand. Um, Streisand, right? Yeah. Well, they said there's one before that, too. Yeah, there's so, like four. But so, like, considering when this aired, mm-hmm. he was directing A Star is Born, hadn't come out yet. So, most likely it was... It was the older the one. The older playing, one. Yeah. But just so happened to coincide. It's kind of a interesting tidbit, because it definitely caught my eye when I saw A Star is Born. That was before I even knew this part, so... Early introduction to Lance Henriksen. Yeah. He was the only person that I recognized, obviously, outside of I'd, Pacino. I didn't recognize Dom Chinisi. Oh, yeah. Who is that? T- I saw Tony's that uncle in uh, Sopranos. Oh. Junior. Junior. But I didn't recognize him in the. I saw I knew it I later. Knew that name, but now I didn't. I saw it later that I he was in it. And I he was must like, have been super young. It was know? brief. He definitely had more hair. Oh. And uh, they only cut to him kind of early. And I, was, I didn't go back, but I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, I missed that entirely. But that's I knew who it was in yeah. hindsight. But yeah, that's June's. Yeah, Uncle Junior. I did not catch that. <laughs> um, and Matthew Broderick's dad was the uh, was like in the on the police like detective or whatever. The lead one? Not the lead one. Like his real dad in real life? Yeah. Or, yeah, James Broderick. Or he Ferris was, he Bueller's was dad. Detective Sheldon. Okay. Um, and yeah, because it oh, said that's he, the FBI guy. He brought he brought uh, Matthew yeah. was like twelve, and he brought him to set and met like Pacino and Wild. Yeah. I definitely don't know him from anything. Like, I wouldn't know him from yeah. seeing him. I know he was, I knew he was an actor, but I don't. And a, a, a Carol Kane with a random bank teller job. That's that's what I'm talking about, right? That's that's the actress I recognized. Carol I Kane. think that's who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. That's not who I'm talking about, but. Okay. Let me look her up. <laughs> <laughs> this is riveting, by the way. It, it is. It really is. It's good stuff. <laughs> Tell your friends to subscribe. They're missing out. <laughs> um, yeah, it was again, Brady. I, I think we're you're, we're just putting more evidence into your bank about <laughs> these older movies not not holding up like they used to. It had some of those moments, right? You could see some of the the groundwork where people started to get the ideas for like these, you know, guys that have been wronged or trying to get something and they don't know any other way to do it, and. You see the elements there. They start to come together. But in breaking from this year. With, from like four weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> with John Boyega, I think they they nailed it. I think it was it was really emotional. I felt like the whole time I was just sitting there, you're, you're waiting. You're like, you want to see him succeed, right? You know, You know he's going through the challenges that he's going through, and he's trying to get what he can and they they even started off with him getting thrown out of the va office and then you see him like contemplating like i'm gonna make these moves and i gotta do this to to get my family and survive and um so yeah like i you know you feel for him the whole time he comes in he tells everybody to leave you know he only keeps two people hostage he doesn't ever show a gun did he have an actual bomb they said no, right? No. I, that's what I was I – w- I didn't think he did. I think yeah. he just made the So I felt like they, f- they kind of foreshadowed it too, to a degree, when he jumped over 
the desk and it fell. fell. The bag landed, and like she kind of looked at it like for a little bit, and I was like, I took that as that. That's when I immediately was like, he doesn't have a bomb in my head. I I was like, he doesn't have a bomb, and I feel like that was the indicator that you wouldn't be throwing it around. Ultimately, if you did, you'd be very careful. And so, no, he didn't. They said uh, they actually did say it later on when they after the robot took it into the whatever they call that container containment disposal unit. Yeah, that uh, there was nothing in the bag. I think um, so. I read you shared an article and I had actually read another article, too, kind of on the actual event that happened. And uh, he had a machete in there but his brother said he and almost certainly was just carrying that for protection not he never used it in the robbery or anything yeah the the biggest shock for me in the movie was when he told him how much money he oh i think that was the widespread it was just like I, I read some review where it said they kept calling this movie 892 that was the original, was that the original yeah okay mm-hmm. so that that's why um they were pretty uh, sure it didn't have one it somewhat took away some of that surprise factor, yeah. And also, they just didn't like that it 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 did it was it wasn't understood until that yeah. it, like until a certain point in the movie it made no sense at all. Yeah. Or you were just going to guess that that was early on. Yeah. You might have guessed that. I don't and, love this title though either. So I took a note about that because we've talked about this many mm-hmm. times. And titles I think are important and they can really sway whether people see a movie, I can see this not getting seen because the title's not great. Um, they, the interview I read with like uh, the director and the, uh, the writer was, they, they kind of said it was multifaceted. Like he's at his breaking point. Yeah. So that's kind of how they came to it. We also thought about breaking news headlines and how callous we are towards that. And we want to make sure the audience is able to like re-engage and are more empathetic to a man who's at his breaking point. So I like that. I think I like hearing that after after yeah. the fact of knowing that that's what they had in mind. That makes me like it more. The breaking news right. There was a thought behind it. Yeah. Um, I just still don't think it's that great. It's still a name, yeah. but apparently it's way harder Did to you... name a movie than I realized because <laughs> I think a lot of people fail. <laughs> Did you? Did you guys love it? I don't know. And maybe it's just I a really, little bit of fatigue. I really liked it. I don't disagree with you. Yeah. In the very beginning, I felt like I was like kind of. It was pretty gripping. But in a way, in a different kind of way, mm-hmm. and then I felt like I was losing steam a little bit. Mm-hmm. I was still interested, but I was like, "It's like I needed more." I think we have a short attention span. I think we need to have like, all right, like I need some action. Like you know, I I know this is a bank robbery, and we are slowly getting to the part of like of there being any action. We hadn't even seen Michael K. Williams yet, right? It was just like I feel like I looked at it and it's like we're I'm like seventy five percent of the way through the movie and I don't even think he's there yet and I'm like this is interesting like an interesting uh, way to go about it right yeah I enjoyed it I didn't I don't know necessarily say I loved it but mm-hmm. um, I felt invested the whole way through part of it is you know just seeing the struggle he was going through as a veteran you know I have friends that have served and they've told stories not as horrific as this but just like simple crazy stuff where like you know they've served as combat medics uh, overseas and when they go to apply to jobs as like a school nurse they're rejected because they don't have the right certifications it's like you can see how that frustration would build up you know yeah in in whatever field you're in and like he mentioned in the movies like i had two jobs and i got sick and now 
I need to get to my disability check, but because something happened with the schools where they never followed up on the schools that I was taking, they just started docking my pay, and, and then my money's gone. And well, it, the struggles with the VA have kind of widely been in the news over years, and so, you know, and this was 2017 when this happened, so um, it feels like that's not a hard thing to get to in terms right. of understanding, at least from afar, you know, like what some of those people uh, and veterans have been going through and you, you know it was like all right you can go get in that line and he, he walks out and it's of course snaking around the room it's like that's what you can hurry up and wait and yeah know? i mean we we saw it in dead presidents too so it's not not just recently now but it's been going on since since the 70s since post uh, vietnam mm-hmm. war post Af- afghanistan war yeah the, the way this country treats veterans is not not good no. <laughs> i mean they're, they're they, they should absolutely be treated like heroes and just not have to worry about anything when you come home. Like there, if you serve your country, I feel like that is your pass for the rest of your life. I think that was life. the idea, you know, like I think growing that's up, what you I get, felt like that's what you were led to believe. Led to believe. Yeah. And and it, it, it just, should be that way. And it's just that the fact that it's not that way is, is terrible. This was Michael K. Williams final feature. I saw mm-hmm. that. Um, definitely. I didn't, I didn't know he was in it before as I didn't, you know, I don't like to watch previews yeah. and stuff, but yeah. So when I, when I saw him come in, I was like, yeah. Yeah, he's just yeah. man, he's, he's just, so good. He's so good. It's so sad that he passed away a couple of years ago. Um and that like kind of brought back the reminder that that he did. Um yeah, he's just good, man. He's really good. It was a pretty short. Yeah. I feel like it was like probably 20 minutes of him, maybe. Maybe, not even. Yeah, underutilized, but he still delivered oh, on, he, on, on, on what he what did. He did yeah. And it was yeah. so he's so well good. And speaking of some, God, Boyega's good. Yeah, I thought he did really well he too. Really he's good. he is uh, he uh, he impressive. reminded me of Denzel a little bit <laughs> in, at times. And the way he like when he got he gets angry and gets like serious, real yeah. serious. I was like, I don't know if you've been studying Den- studying up on of, Denzel. Uh, it was flashes of Denzel. There were some sure. hints there, yeah. right? Okay, a little you sprinkle here and there yeah. too. Yes, I found. It. I <laughs> which I don't. Too. Which I'm never going to be mad at. Yeah, no, um, and that's a lofty thing to say to anybody. Yeah, but yeah, right. he uh, he just. God, man, early on, I, I my note was pretty early in the movie. I'm like, man, Boyega, he was doing a lot with not even necessarily, like, it was just, it was all of it. I mean, it was his his facial expressions, like, the way he was, he was carrying the beginning of the movie just sometimes without saying anything and just, just unbelievably, you couldn't take your eyes off him, I felt like. And he's been that way. I mean, he's done a lot of good stuff. I mean, I, he... It, he's he warrants any and all praise, but I was just like, man, those two guys really, really did well, and I was uh, a big fan of the the two tellers too. I thought they both were yeah, pretty damn were awesome. Good. I recognized um, Rosa. I didn't recognize the other girl. Um, I don't know if I looked her up, and I didn't even see. I don't think I've seen much that she's in. Was it Ethel? Yeah, Estelle or Estelle. Sorry, Estelle. Um, no, I didn't. I did not recognize her. Where um, did you recognize Rosa from? I didn't know, I and I, I look, and I didn't actually either. look. I was actually going to look right now because when I saw her, I was like, I know her from something, but I don't know, don't know from what. Do you know Jelani? Because mm. I'm, lo- I'm looking at it now. Yeah. Orange is the new black. Oh, okay. Yep, that's definitely ah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> yep, Gloria. Yep, and um, it looks like Estelle was in an episode of Black Mirror. Oh, so okay. that would maybe make sense. Long list. Was Boyega in an episode of Black Mirror? I don't want to rule it out. I think out. I was in an episode of Black Mirror. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. Did you guys see my boy Burn Notice? Jeffrey Donovan? I did. Oh, is he the, yeah, he's in Burn Notice. He's the, right. He was the hard I've seen him in other stuff, too. He was a little bit, like, 
I was kind of confused. Yeah, I thought he, he was, was going to be the asshole, yeah. and then it turned out he wasn't. Right? I was like, is he the racist? Uh, mm-hmm. cop, like hates this, hates Michael K. Williams, yeah, and thought... then all of a sudden it wasn't, and then they're fighting, and then they weren't. I was like, I don't know what's going on with this. Yeah, guy. he was. He didn't. That character didn't do anything for him. He I did just, not need to be in the movie. No, <laughs> he was the. We mostly recently saw him in Ambulance, though. Okay. Yeah. Forgettable uh, as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Um, um, I, I think I, I, you're right. To me, it kind of uh, Brady. You're, kind, you're right. It, it lagged a little bit in the middle, um, but I think it was really, really good at the end. And still, I didn't know where it was going. And then to see it and the way it, it, yeah. it did, and the way they, it was expertly handled. I think. Yeah, um, it really was. I, I agree with you. And and you know, it's to see him shot. Much to the surprise of every single person involved, but in the movie, it's it you you kind of knew it was maybe go, you know they were like you're saying foreshadowing. Yeah, maybe, it. but that's just I mean it wasn't. And, and it, was, the it, truth, it was a, it was a surprise until it wasn't. Then it happened. And I was like, oh yeah, this is this is where they were going all along. Well, and, and the the real story is it wasn't the guy shot on his own with no direction from anybody, and and they're like you never do that. You never because you don't know if he has a dead man's trigger. You don't right. know anything, and it took a while, like at first the police, and that's why. So reading, reading more about it after the fact, and then it kind of brought some of the some of the chaos that happened after that. Like the police chief or whatever it was, who kind of like got asked questions and then like was like, "Oh yeah, dude, no, no, no comment," and yeah. left. Like they didn't know. They 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 initially tried to say like, "No, this is all part of the plan," and they then they had to retract that because it wasn't. And then the guy finally admitted, he's like, yeah, I didn't, I just shot. I thought I had a shot and I took it. And they're like, you never, ever do that. Like, it's just more of the police and that state and, you know, go, right, these goes, militarized well, um, officers former, everywhere. Former, uh, yeah. f- and they said a lot of, a lot of former, our veterans become, go to the police force because yeah. there's a connection there and, and, and they kind of made it clear. I thought that the shooter was going to like have, the reason I didn't think it was going to be that because I felt like he kept looking down and seeing the shot of him and Brian Brown in a uniform, being like, I, "I'm shooting out of another vet." Yeah, you know, and so I, I kind of in my brain was going the other way, like he's not going to be able to do what he's supposed to do, and instead he turns out he jumped the gun on it all, no pun intended, and 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 shot him and killed him. Yeah, as, as we talked about with uh, Dog Day Afternoon, a heavy police presence again. They when they pan through and they showed all of the. Departments that came through, you had Cobb County, Marietta County, you had the state police, the F- <clears throat> FBI. FBI, GBI. <laughs> it was it was intense, again, for, for an individual who admittedly just wanted to talk to somebody, wanted to get his, his viewpoint across and was willing to talk. And, you know, having not the the playbook to do that, the, you know, not responding to that, it was was unfortunate obviously for him and again it just it it felt the the portrayal by John Boyega felt you felt the pain you felt the mm-hmm. despair that Brian went through and just him trying to get you know just $892 yeah when he, he said that when he said it out loud like the reaction from Rosa and Estelle and Michael K and the rest of the car was like utter shock that that's the number had three digits. Yeah. You know, it just didn't, it didn't compute. Yeah. When I heard it, I was expecting like 892,000. Like I was expecting the, the other three yeah. zeros to come after and then it just never did. I was just like unbelievable. Did you watch, did either of you watch Mr. Robot? I can't remember. 
I watched the first season. Yes. Yeah. Did you recognize uh, his ex-wife wife? She was in Mr. Robot. I did not recognize her from that. No. Yeah. So she was in, I think, I'm trying to look it up. I'm not sure if I know which season, but uh, uh, two. Season two she was in. And I, I was like, I oh, know yeah, her I from somewhere. Two, and I was yeah. looking back and I was like, yep, that's what it was. Literally the only thing I saw her in <laughs> that she's in. But And then Connie Britton as the Britton. Uh, producer, yep. the wine producer. Just took a, took a phone call. Right. And, and then started scoop. doing some work, but didn't do, you know, obviously. That's another role that, like, I don't know if she necessarily needed to be. It needed to be Connie Britton. No. Maybe just. A name they can put on the right on the poster or whatever. Well, was that was that supposed to like show just like the exploitative nature nature of the new- newscaster? Like you said, the breaking news thing. Yeah. Like she just she didn't care, or did was she supposed to be seen as someone who did care, or I or think, really just uh, kind of opportunistic? I think it was more. Initially, she wanted to just get the story. Yeah. But then when she started hearing the story, she was like, because then they show that scene of her going to the VA and, yeah, and following find, up. Yeah, find know? that info. And it's like, okay. Like, she kind of felt what he was going through. But you don't you don't see, like, her reaction afterwards. And that's the other thing that they don't show you is, and it's kind of interesting because it's just, after he gets shot, all you see is the, the police you know, yep. doing the evidence around the gun. Yeah. They do the, the bomb disposal. Yeah. And then that's it. Like, you see him with his kid and, you know, the flashback or whatever. But it's like the news has already moved on. Well, they did show Connie Britton doing a news report after, didn't they? But they uh, just showed she, her, like, talk, getting talking. Getting yeah, getting interviewed, yeah. Right. But it was more like, all right, well, we're not really going to follow up on this story because yeah. there's nothing here anymore. Well, and she or really say what his motivation. And was. they got to the point, you know. I think she finally did say it's like, you know, he wanted he wanted to be on screen. He wanted his story to be out there. And she's like, we're not going to show you blow up a bank, like, and that's the reality of whether he couldn't get to understanding. It's like that wasn't the means because, yeah, no one's ever going to show the potential of you putting the bank on there and watching it explode and have that be, you know, terrible. And that kind of goes to back to Dog Day. Yeah. When he was saying he's like you're not going to show this. It's like you're going to sh- you're not going to show the housewives of America this. Right. Like you're going to, you know, show all my children. You're not going to show me getting my sh- my my brains blown out. Right. And it is. Like there is there's a control of the news on what you can and can't see and they're they're determining whether you're able to handle or stomach whatever that severity might be. Yeah. I definitely liked it a lot, but yeah, I don't. I wouldn't say I loved it, but I definitely felt like it was pretty damn good, and uh, done in a different way. One of the things I read in the interview with uh, the director was they wanted it to be like you were so insulated in the bank, and then they finally, after a very long time, took you out. Like you barely saw a cop run by, you know, so you almost didn't know didn't anything know that what was going was out on there. outside. Yeah. Of it. And all of a sudden, it's like they have everybody there, and it's like they yeah. Have, that was, that was that was interesting. That was by design. I didn't think about it that way because it, when I, when I was wa- as I was watching it, I, I'm like, I, I, yeah, I do wonder what's going on out there, and that they didn't show. Then it did seem like a lot of time went by because everyone was out there, but maybe they were yeah. they were out there from the beginning, and you just couldn't tell because a, he wasn't looking yeah. Out, outside. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it was interesting. I, it I enjoyed reading like some of that perspective about maybe why decisions were made mm-hmm. and, and how they went about presenting that because. Yeah, I, I didn't necessarily think of that. I did notice after a while 
I was like, oh wow, there's. I did catch that it was a lot of people out there, but yeah, it. I didn't think about it in the macro sense, but a lot of bank heists gone wrong over the last couple of weeks for us. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's. Maybe, uh, maybe uh, we'll have to do a palate cleanser with Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> right. One way, one way, one, it's done right. One thing goes well, but uh, that's a casino, though. <laughs> <laughs> True. As always. Thank you for tuning in to WSB and listening to us talk to the Pope, an astronaut, and the wisest of the wise. Please follow us on our socials and share the word. Thanks, and go to bed. <laughs>